From Sector 001 in the Alpha Quadrant, this is the Omega Directive, Episode 9, The Music Man. Okay, hi, welcome again to the Omega Directive. I am Steve Atwell, your host, and the music you've just been listening to, our theme song, was written by tonight's guest. He is a musician somewhere in the wilds of Oregon, Portland area, and he's also a fan film, fan filmmaker, is that correct? Yeah. And fan audio production producer and writer. Yep. A lot of hats. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Adam Mullen. Adam, thank you. Welcome for being here. Well, thank you Strike for having that. me, Steve. Strike that. Reverse that. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Well, you're welcome. Uh, it's my pleasure. Okay, so the Star Trek. Um, well, you're are you you're from Portland, is that correct? Yeah. Born and raised. Yep. Okay, and um, what kind of childhood uh, were what did you have? Were you a nerd even back then? Yeah. So I grew up enjoying, I guess, nerdy things. Uh, I got into Star Trek. Well, it's, I, I, I used to watch it when I would go like babysit my my two cousins and uh, with, with my grandparents, and uh, TNG would occasionally be on, and I would want to watch that. And uh, then eventually uh, I happened to see the episode where Jadzia and Worf get married on Deep Space Nine, and that was my introduction to that. And uh, I just kind of really grew into watching all of it and Voyager came on. Well, actually I guess Voyager had already been going, but I watched the last several uh, seasons of that. And then enterprise came on and I watched all that. And I had been watching the films probably since I know I had seen all the old films. Uh, but I think the first really, the first one I really remember was either generations or first contact um, going to see, and um, I've just I've enjoyed it ever since then. And uh, but I also enjoy other nerdy things like Stargate or Farscape. So since then, have you watched all of Star Trek or at least all of one of the series? I have seen every little thing of Star Trek uh, that is out there multiple times. Uh, a couple years back, I did a um, actually I did like a couple different rewatches of everything in production order and then in chronological order of all of Star Trek. Cool. Yeah, I've uh, seen all of it like twice except for Voyager and not Voyager, Discovery and uh, the last two um, reboot films. I've only seen those once. Uh, I, okay. I don't look forward to seeing Into Darkness again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Personal opinions are those of the management um that's okay. You know, that's not everyone's cup of tea. I I know why. I, I, I totally get it. I still enjoy it for what it is. Uh, I totally get, you know, you know, Khan coming back. That I was really hoping for someone different, but I knew it was Khan. Um, ever since, if, if you ever watch the, the commentary on the 2009 film, they, uh, with the producers talking, and they get to the very, very end of the credits, and they go, and this is where... They make some joke about, you know, this is where we would have the Botany Bay show up. And it made me think, you know, why would they say that other than just to be funny? But I thought, you know, what if what if there's something to that? So I kind of thought I had a hunch uh, that they would do something with that. I was I was thinking con, but I was hoping it wasn't con, you know, something fresh. But of course, we got a reboot of The Wrath of Khan. Yeah. And they threw in elements from Search for Spock also. Mm-hmm. And I. I still liked it. Okay. And Beyond is uh, it's entertaining. It's different than the other two, but uh, I I enjoy it. I'm not one to try to uh, tell somebody they're wrong or try to convince them. <laughs> um, you know, to change their minds or just accept that uh, we have differing opinions. Yeah. Of course, on your Facebook page for your uh, profile picture, you have a picture of you, and it looks to be some giant instrument that will try to suck out your soul. Yeah, it's uh, my tuba. So uh, you're a musician, of course. You wrote our theme song here. How did yeah. you? Get, when did you get into music, and uh, how many instruments do you play? Well, 
uh, I got into music in sixth grade, and I started on the trombone and beginning band, and then about halfway through, I picked up the tuba, and then the next year after that, I started the euphonium, which is like a baritone or like a small tuba, and I... And I did that all the way through high school, and then I made it my uh, profession, my career. I did. I went to college. I did music ed, and I did music performance. I play the tuba, euphonium, and the uh, bass trombone. Uh, that's what I teach. Uh, I teach privately. I know how to play other instruments. Uh, I might be or might not be that great at them. Um, I have a secret passion for uh, playing the bass clarinet and the alto saxophone, uh, but I primarily enjoy playing my low brass instruments. You would have got along with my dad just well. <laughs> he played the saxophone, right? He played the sax and uh, clarinet and, and pretty much anything, but he went for with the woodwinds and all uh. that stuff. <laughs> if you could blow it, dad was there. <laughs> I'm what you call a frustrated musician. That's right, I'm a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Do you happen to play anything? Um, The radio. <laughs> Stereo. Uh, hey, that's okay. I uh, had some guitar lessons and can pick and play with uh, tablature, yeah. but it's been years since I tried. Okay, so you wrote the theme music. Um, what else have you written? I mean, have you written anything else that's been published that's kind of professional? Um, I know you well, do the music for um, Vance uh, Major's uh, fan films. Yeah, I do a lot of his music. I write music for JTS Entertainment, which is run by my friend James Strecker. Uh, so I guess that's that's professional. And then I also write music for the Watchtower Database, which is run by James uh, Strecker. And it's a DCAU-centric uh, web channel. I've written music for a few other films. Um, boy, I write all the music for my stuff. Uh, I Three years ago or so, my friend James Strucker again. Uh, he did an animated version of the Batman versus Superman trailer, and he did it in the style of the DCAU, the DC Animated Universe, like the you know Batman cartoon. And I wrote the music for it, and that was a big hit. Uh, we recently, a couple months ago, got to over a million views on that. Uh, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Well, cool. Yeah. Very impressive. Um, how did you get into making fan films your own? Well, it, it was like late 2016, and I really wanted to make a fan film with Starbase Studios. And I wrote a script uh, called The Ventop Code, which is now going to be an audio drama. And uh, I went on to uh, one of the, um, the fan groups. And on Facebook and offered my services as, you know, as a composer and Vance reached out to me and I happened to say, Hey, I have a fan film script. Uh, and he said, Hey, I'll produce it. Uh, so that's where that came from. But back in 2014, uh, I had originally written a feature film called Star Trek unity. And this is before the fan film guidelines. And, uh, it was quite a few pages and it was something I always wanted to do. And that um, I, I turned into an audio drama, which, Steve, you are a part of. Uh, and that's A Call to Unity, uh, which is based on that feature film script. Right. But have you actually made any films? Um, let's see here. I have one in the works called XCV 330. Uh, that's starring Andre Martinez. And it's based on that um, that weird-looking USS Enterprise uh, that we've seen a couple times here and there. Uh, but for fan films, uh, I have not necessarily made made one. But recently, um, I wrote uh, one for Vance. He produced it. I wrote it uh, based on an idea he had called Times Echo. And then before that, uh, I wrote The Rise of the Tribbles, which you were in. And uh, that was for Lexington Adventures. Uh, so, no, I haven't necessarily made one. That was what I wanted to do, excuse me, with uh, with Project Defiant, with the Vintok code. But because of all that Starbase Studio stuff, I said, you know, I instead of waiting for them you know, to, to work their stuff out, I'm going to turn my stuff into audio dramas so that it will get made. 
because I want these stories to get to get to get told. Right, and and yeah, listen to. Yeah. Speaking of the rise of the Tribbles, which was fun, <laughs> I'm going to have I'm supposed to I'm negotiating with David Gerald to be a guest on here in a couple of weeks. I don't know if he's seen that or not, but I'll try to get him to watch it. Okay. That'd be great. <laughs> but he had written his own sequel to um, the two Tribble scripts that he had done. I don't know if you've read The Planet of the Tribbles or not. No, I have not. Well, I'll get a copy and send I'll send you a, send it along to you. Okay. So, uh, The Call to Unity, um, which we're working on, uh, is still a work in progress, correct? Yeah. So, uh, as you know, we have the prologue episode and episode one out currently for people to listen to. Uh, episode two is currently with one of my editors, Mark Berga. Uh, he's uh, currently working on it, and hopefully I'll have that out uh, in a month or so. Can you give the listeners of this program a brief synopsis of the plot or what they can expect when they tune in to listen? Yeah, so it's it's centered on uh, a new ship called the USS Unity, and uh, it's about their mission uh, of aid to the refugees of the Romulan planet Rator 3. Uh, so this takes place roughly a year after uh, Romulus being destroyed, as seen in the movie Star Trek from 2009, the first reboot movie. Uh, it, but this is set in the Prime Universe, so I'm just taking that narrative thread and I'm just kind of developing it. You know, what would we see? And uh, uh, unfortunately, there's uh, some dark nemesis that uh, that makes it so no one has a great day in my, in that story. And uh, they uh, uh, are a villain that we've heard about in Voyager, but we haven't seen. Well, for those who might be curious, I am in it as an aged Klingon, Krorath. Krorath is a character that I created. Speaking of music, I took the names the last names of two of the members of Ario Speedwagon, Cronin and Richrath, and put them <laughs> together and came up with Crowrath. And because my dad, again, is a musician who worked under the stage name of Kenny Royal, Crowrath is the son of Kenro. Not to be confused with the host or co-host of Mission Log, the wonderful podcast, uh, Ken Ray. But um, in, in A Call to Unity, Crowrath is... Uh, uh, ambassador, former ambassador, who is now in the employ sort of of the house of Kur and has been the mentor of one of the uh, protagonists, the lady whose name I forgot. Janaya. Janaya. And it, it, so far, the scripts are very exciting, and I can't wait to hear the whole finished product. Yeah, it will. Uh, it will take some time you know, to get it made. You know, if someone wanted to edit. Some that would be great because uh, I don't want to bog my two editors down with with so much material to have to edit together. Uh, but the plan is to have uh, the prologue and then eight main episodes and then an epilogue. Uh, so you know, it might hopefully my goal is to have this all out uh, by 2019 or 2020 or so. So it's a slow moving ship, uh, but yeah, that's just how it goes. Right, right. Um, as for editing, I am still learning how to do editing myself through Audacity and putting together these uh, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a podcaster. You co-host the Final Frontier podcast with Bill Allen on the yeah. Trexier Network, uh, in which you focus on fan films. Yeah. Other such productions. Could you talk a bit about that? Well, you know, we had you on in, uh, what was it, December or January or so? Maybe it was November. I can't remember now. I know we've had you on several months ago. It was a pleasure to have you. Uh, so, yeah, Bill and I, we talk about fan films, fan productions, just anything fan related. And of course, we have to talk about what's going on in Star Trek because how can you not, you know, with Discovery and. Well, now the new series with Picard, we're going to have a lot to discuss when we come back in September. So, yeah, we like to uh, interview people from the fan uh, community 
who uh, have been a part of productions, whether they're actors, producers, directors, whatever it is. Uh, so I think we've got about 23 episodes or so for people to listen uh, to. And uh, they range from about, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes to about an hour or a little bit over that. Mm. And who do you have coming up on the show? You know, right now, we don't have anyone lined up. Uh, that's something that I'll be uh, starting here pretty soon. Uh, I just got recently done moving. And uh, I've been I've had a pretty busy summer besides that. So it's something that's on my to do list here in the coming week or so to start lining up interviews. But uh, we hope to come back about middle of September or so. Uh, So we'll see. Well, how do you go about lining up guests? I mean, I need advice because I'm (laughs) having a hard time. I started this podcast with the thought that I know a lot of people who've been involved in Star Trek various incarnation productions, canon mm-hmm. and non. And I thought, well, uh, on Kevin Pollock's chat show, he talks about just getting a hold of people through Twitter and asking them directly to be guests. Mm-hmm. No publicists or agents involved. And I said, well, I can try to do that myself. And so far, I've gotten a f- um, three or four... No, I think this is the ninth episode, and everybody so far, I've got not eight, nine yeses. I've got one, who is this? How did you get this number? <laughs> and I've got, uh, I think, maybe half a dozen people who said, yeah, maybe sometime when I can find uh, in my schedule, mm-hmm. when I get back in touch with them, no response. And I've got three or four at least absolute no responses. Well, you have to be kind of persistent. You know, I usually like James, ha- James Hams, who runs Trucksphere, uh, who hosts my podcast, uh, uh, he'll suggest a few people to me and I'll go, I'll come up, see who they are. And, uh, then, you know, I'll, uh, I'll send them a message, an email or whatever. And, you know, just say, you know, Hey, are you interested in being on Star Trek podcast? Uh, if so, uh, you know, we usually record on Saturday mornings at 10 AM Eastern time at 7 AM for me, which is, great because i wake up at like five you know if if you're available uh here are a couple saturdays that we are you know please get back to me and the reason why i have it so rigid like that is because bill uh his schedule is uh, i think he works nights and then i work during the day so really the only time we could we could figure out was 10 a.m eastern time on saturdays and so you know if they say sure then we go from there if they say no, um, then I might suggest Sundays or I might include that. I say, you know, if you can't do Saturdays, maybe, you know, we could do Sundays or something. You know, we'll, we'll try to work with them. But, um, we're, you know, we, we kind of do Sundays too sometimes. But, um, you know, if they maybe a week or two goes by, I don't hear from them, then I might, fo- you know, send a follow up one. And, uh, that happened once when someone was really interested and we, correspond through a few emails and then they just stopped responding so i sent a follow-up about a week or so later and nothing so i just kind of let it go uh because you know they're probably busy and uh you know i totally get that uh but you just have to kind of be persistent and be a little rigid but also be a little bit flexible right right so so far you have had on vance major mm-hmm. as yeah, well you've had him on for like two or three times i think you've had randy <laughs> Randy Landers and Ray Tessie, mm-hmm. all three of whom have um, made fan films of their own, who have built uh, fan studio, or, well, no, Vance did not build uh, the studio. Well, he, um, I know he helped fundraise for Starbase, like the Ready Room. Uh, he's built his own out of cardboard at his home, a uh, real makeshift one. Uh, which looks pretty cool. He's done a good job on basically no money, uh, which is his whole, you know, no budget productions. Uh, that's what that's all about. So yeah, technically he has built a set. <laughs> I told Vance once that as a filmmaker, he reminds me of Tim Burton. Because, oh yeah. Because Burton has a vision and doesn't always have the budget 
but still make something wonderful that you are, are intrigued by once you tune it in. Yeah. I think maybe a better um, comparison might be Ed Wood, who didn't have a budget and made what he made and didn't care if things weren't right or not. They still came <laughs> out interesting. Mm-hmm. That's Vance is really good at that. He'll He'll have this great idea, and he'll be really flexible on how it gets made and by who and, you know, how uh, – and he, he makes it work. And, you know, if if you don't like it, he's okay with that. Uh, you know, if you love it, that's great too. Uh, but, you know, he, he makes these films because he has something to say, and he doesn't mind if it's uh, low budget. Right, right. So, Vance, if you listen, if you will, if you ever do decide to go full Ed Wood – and do like a remake of Plan 9 from Outer Space or something, <laughs> I will shave my head and do the Tor Johnson role. <laughs> there you go, Vance. Heard it right here. So anyway, getting back to you, I know, like I say, you have interviewed a number of fan filmmakers. Have you approached um, Jim Colley, who did um, Star Trek New Voyages, or Vic no. Mignogna? Um, we haven't. Uh, that's something that I need to discuss with James and Bill uh, to see if we can make that work. I know Bill has really wanted to, so we'll we'll see what happens. I know they're busy guys. Right. Well, if you get either of them on, please, please let me know and send them my way. (laughs) Okay, we will do. Okay, so at this point in the proceedings, I would want to take a break um, for a word from our sponsors. Unfortunately, I don't have any sponsors. (laughs) I'm thinking of maybe starting a Patreon, but I don't know how many people actually listen, and I don't know mm-hmm. um, what kind of prizes or special extras I could uh, provide for fans. Yeah, that's that's something that I had toyed with for my podcast, and uh, the main reason why we don't do it is because James brought up the thing that, you know, since it's Star Trek, we want to be really careful uh, how we're, you know, if we're promoting it or making money or whatever i was really hoping it would just be enough to like pay for certain you know costs of like you know website costs or whatever or production costs like microphone costs or whatever it might be uh not to necessarily make a profit but yeah i also thought well then what would we offer and i guess like the thing would be you know be a co-host for you know an episode or so many episodes or whatever other than that you know i don't really know what it is because i'm not making money i don't I don't have the money to be like, here's a free shirt, you know? But yeah, that, that was one of the first things that crossed my mind was a Patreon. Right, right. Like I I'm say, not saying, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just, the, those are, that's what's gone through my mind. Yeah. Like I say, um, having a sponsor, means I could pay for upgrades to e- recording equipment. Yeah. It could also pay for travel expenses so I could get to conventions to meet more people and potential mm-hmm. guests. And that's something I'm really, right now, I'm really, really, really wanting to go to Starbase Indy in, uh, in the Thanksgiving weekend in Indianapolis mm-hmm. and try to secure, I don't know who's going to be a guest there this year, but try to convince someone to be on in a future date. Well, I guess, you know, you won't know until you find out by trying, right? Yeah. I don't know if a Kickstarter or Indiegogo or GoFundMe would help or not yeah but um oh uh what was i gonna i don't even remember what i was gonna say you'll just have to edit that out (laughs) in lieu of sponsorship at this point in time i would plug in a commercial from the past something for some product or another that has a relationship to star trek i have in the past plugged in automobile commercials with bill shatner with leonard nimoy (laughs) telephone commercials with the uh, original cast. I'm not sure what I'll plug in tonight, but I'll figure something out. And so <laughs> here it would be. At Sharp, our goal is to reproduce every color in the world on TV. Introducing Quatron Quapixel technology. It adds a fourth color, yellow, to the standard RGB color system, creating a vast array of colors you can't see with your TV's three color technology. But you can see this. Oh, my. Quatron from Sharp. <laughs> you have to see it to see it. Okay, we're back. Um, this is the Omega Directive. I'm still Steve Atwell, despite the cars and letters of protest. 
<laughs> My guest this evening is again Adam Mullen, who wrote the theme song for this program and who's helped me figure out how to put together a podcast. He is a musician, writer, fan film producer, well, fan audio production producer, and a general all-around good guy, and he helped me figure out how to put a podcast together. <laughs> so It's my pleasure. So, Adam, um, what are you working on now besides Call to Unity? Well, uh, I recently got back a bunch of recordings for um, for my uh, voice actors for Project Defiant, uh, the Ventoc code for that episode. I'm still waiting on a few more lines, uh, and then I can send it to my editor, and then they can start putting it all together, and then uh, I'm hoping to release that sometime next year as a you know, 15, 20 minute or so episode, uh, audio episode. And then um, I just passed out the uh, the sequel episode scripts for it. Uh, not really sequel. It's their mirror universe, whereas this first one is not. But they're they're more or less sequels. It's all it's all based on Defiant from TOS. And uh, I'll be getting lines back here in the next couple months. And then I'll eventually send that to my editor. And we'll see that hopefully. Uh, I'm hoping by the end of 2019, we'll see. And uh, Andre is uh, filming XCV 330 still. Um, and actually, you you uh, did some voice work for me on that that I think I'm going to uh, turn into alien sounds and then some, um, some a little bit of voiceover stuff. What else am I working on? I mean, besides Star Trek stuff, um, well, actually – New Star Trek stuff. Um, I'm working with Gary Brown on uh, producing a script he wrote with a friend back in like I think 1973 or so, when they were 16 years old. Uh, they wrote this really great script. Uh, it's TOS. I mean, of course, it has to be TOS because there wasn't anything else uh, in 1973. But uh, I took it and I edited it. I changed a little bit of stuff to make it flow a little bit better, and then I. I'm finding voice talent, and I know you said that you want to try out for the role of Scotty. So I have to um, – right now, Gary's uh, going through what I did, and he's going to give me feedback uh, hopefully the next couple of days. And then I'll go through again, and then eventually I'll get you some test lines. And uh, so hopefully that will be out next year. Uh, man, besides Trek, I've got a bunch of music stuff I'm working on. I've got a couple things that are like really top secret, uh, a couple pitches for some stuff I'm working on with uh, with my co-creator on that stuff. Uh, she's a she's a great talented artist who lives in Italy. Her name's Valentina. Uh, she's like just the best. Uh, and I've got uh, original comic that I'm working on. I've been working on it since like 2014. And uh, right now we're prepping for launch. Hopefully in early 2019 is my my hope. Uh, but issue number zero is currently in, uh, with my uh, with my main artist who's working on inks right now. And then I'll send it to Valentina to for colors. And then I'll set it sent it uh, I'll send it to my editor who also does letters. And uh, then hopefully we'll have that ready because I've got issues one and two ready to go. And we'll launch hopefully a Patreon for it. That's I think that's what I've got. Okay, so the, it's going to be self-published through Patreon then. Um, well, what we're thinking is that each page might be released like each week. So after a whole issue has been released, we'll put it together and then we'll sell it through different distributors. Uh, but right now it's probably going to be published through my business. Uh, Lumo Station is the name, but we'll see if we find any publishers who would want to publish it themselves. So we'll see. For the most part, this is like really up in the air. I'm sure if my editor knew I was saying all this, he'd be like, no, don't, don't say any of this, but it's okay. Yeah. Darn, I just remembered I was supposed to re-record some lines for you. Oh, uh, for which project? I'm not sure. I think a film project that was not going to be finished until sometime next year well that's um that's xcv but i think you already sent me all the stuff I, i'll have to check through my records and see right and as for the other bit i don't know that i can sound just like james Doohan, though i can try but i can <laughs> i can do a dead on scott spare 
<laughs> can you uh, can you say something that Scotty would say? I did a kin. I did a kin. The divisive crystals are drained. And the engines <laughs> won't get going. We're gonna plunge right into the sun if we don't get yeah. You know, if we don't get them recharged. And uh, nice. what's like a jelly baby? <laughs> can you uh, can you do check off? I can do the Russian. I don't know his check off is Russian. <laughs> no, I'm not sure if that's if that's Chekhov. No, that's pretty good Russian though. It's too deep. Yeah. He's boys. <laughs> Chekhov is too high. We are looking for nuclear vessels. There we go. <laughs> okay, so did you would you have any questions you might want to ask me about what's been going on and stuff? So for this podcast, what is like what's the scope of it? Like what do you hope to to do with it? Uh what type of interviews are you looking for? What type of subjects do you like to talk about? Oh, that's a great question. I'm glad it came up. I had been trying for, well, my initial impetus to put a podcast together was listening to stuff like The Nerdist and all and thinking mm-hmm. I would like to do a full general nerdish type of interview show. Because I mean, there's an episode of The Nerdist from a few years ago where they had on as a guest Sir Paul McCartney from Music. Mm-hmm. And never once did they bring up any of his nerdish interests. They just talked about music and the Beatles and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the man who is quoted as saying, I don't read music, I read comic books. I play music. <laughs> and who wrote a song from one of his albums in the 70s about the X-Men's main villain, Magneto. <laughs> and nowhere in the interview are they going to bring up anything nerdish. Hmm. So I was I was thinking it would be great to talk to people who are nerdish, who uh, have nerdish interests of it, from mm-hmm. any type of nerdish uh, interests. And then I thought, I don't really know that many people who are involved in anything except for Star Trek. So I thought, well, I'll get a hold of people who are been involved in Star Trek from movies, TV, you know, the official canon stuff, but also writers, because I know people who write novels and who've worked on the comic books and people who do the fan films. And so that's what I'm trying to do. On the one hand, I'm inspired by the Kevin Pollack chat show where he, you know, digs in and wants to get to know the person behind whatever. So you can find out, you know, the history of who this person is and what brought them to what they're, you know, how they got into the business and where they're at and where they're, they're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I have been doing so far. I have, for those who don't know and don't want to look it up, so far I've had on as guests um, Vance Major, who, uh, of course, is a fan filmmaker, and follow that up with an interview with a, a writer named Suzanne Lambden, who mm-hmm. worked on The Next Generation. And then I interviewed Dayton Ward, who writes Star Trek novels. Mm-hmm. I interviewed a couple of Klingon linguists. I've interviewed... Larry Nemechek was the most recent that I did a couple weeks ago, who's Dr. Trek, the great Star Trek historian who has his own <laughs> podcast and yep. written books and stuff. I know I'm forgetting a few, but uh, at the moment, I don't think they'll uh, be... Oh, Chris Hunter. I interviewed Chris Hunter, the son of Jeffrey Hunter. Oh, yeah. And Angie Peterson, who's written a book about Star Trek crafting, and former Mythbuster Heather Joseph Witham. If you remember the first season or so of Mythbusters, when they would say, this is the myth we're going to bust, then they go to this folklorist who talk about and try to explain the myth. I interviewed her and was happy to find out that she had actually written a book about Star Trek um, <laughs> and fan cosplay and fan community. Wow. So I'm hitting as many different points on the map as I can of Star Trek. Yeah. And... and- to find out about the people who created it. I have lined up. David Gerald said he would do it after Worldcon, which will end in a couple weeks. And Tony Isabella, who wrote Star Trek comics back in the 80s, said he would do it around the end of the month. So that's just a couple of things to look forward to. So again, I haven't actually had anyone on, like, you know, on camera talent from any of the actual canon series. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Well, I think what you're doing is really cool. Like I said, like I say, I have been on a quest to get a co-host because pretty much every podcast I've listened to has a co-host, mm-hmm. and uh, they have banter back and forth and chat instead of just me yammering on. I think it'd be more interesting, <laughs> if not more entertaining. But 
I mean, there are more Star Trek podcasts out there than I can list, and most of them are following pretty much the same format where they talk about, let's review this episode, let's review that episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to just do that. I don't want to just give the news of what's happening in the world of Star Trek and say, Well, I think that's fine. Hey, you know, Patrick Stewart said he's going to return to Star Trek. Ain't that cool? <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen with it? Because, again, I don't have a co-host to, yeah, to bounce ideas off of. Yeah, so I, that's why I have Bill. Bill loves to talk, and he has a lot of great things to say. And he'll think of things I won't even think of. And uh, it's it's great that he and I we think pretty differently, whereas I'm I'm quieter. Uh, he's much more outgoing, uh, so I think we have a, a a good balance going on. So it helps me a lot. I know if I was all alone, I would be doomed personally. I I cannot carry on a podcast by myself. I think you're doing a good job though, Steve. But I think like you say, finding a co-host, I think that would help you a lot. So that way. You know, you've got someone else coming up with ideas uh, as well. Two heads are better than one. Right. And if I can't secure a guest for the week, then I will at least have someone to talk to about something. And like I said, I apologize. Last week I didn't have a guest, so I didn't have a recording. Um, but last week was Star Trek Las Vegas, and most mm-hmm. everybody I might have approached was going to be there or at Gen Con and unavailable. I'm trying to get a certain cosplayer that I know who's making some names for himself in the uh, greater Star Trek community. I'm trying to get him on. He said he would, but uh, after SCLV was over, so it's over, so I'm going to approach him about maybe coming on next week. But like I say, I I really wanted to do the episode with Heather with him, Heather Joseph with him, to talk about Star Trek and mythology mm-hmm. because I don't just want to, you know review episodes i don't just want to talk about what's your latest novel i don't want to i want to talk about themes i want to talk about there's a wonderful podcast women at warp where they talk about feminist issues i do want to talk about issues i do want to talk about right now i'm trying to get a a guest on who can talk about cosplay and harassment and bullying and all that because that's an important thing that i think should be discussed um Mm -hmm. and I do want some feedback on that with someone. So, yeah, and I'm thinking I would like to have on, like an anthropologist almost, talk about the the Klingons and Klingon culture and whether or not it actually is something that would be sustainable and what it, it says and what it means and, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know any anthropologists who have done that. The only anthropologist I know has made his field study the uh, lowrider community. Oh, well, you could also look for sociologists. Um, you could look for, uh, yeah, cultural anthropologists. I'm sure they're out there. You know, f- see if you can find one. It's a tricky. I'm sure, I'm sure one exists. <laughs> so um, that's what I've got coming up for definite. Yeah, that's cool. But after August, I'm not sure what's going to happen because I don't have any line, anyone lined up. Though I, I have more people that I could ask, and hopefully someone will say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you are, are you trying to put one out every single week? I've been trying to, yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I do every other week, except for the summer, of course. And that, because originally I wanted to do every week, but I just realized that just be way too much. Uh, so that's, that's what I suggest, is every other week. Um, it's a lot less stressful trying to find people and having to edit every single week. Right, right. And sometimes uh, we record like an episode one week, though the next week we'll record, and then that way we've got a couple weeks of a break. So, you know, then I can edit when I want to, and then we have a week free where we don't have to record. Because, you know, sometimes it, it does take up a lot of time, or sometimes we can't. Uh, so that's something else to think about. Yeah. And I need to find a, a real platform. I mean, I'm, this is available at podcasts.com as well as mm-hmm. iTunes. And James Ham said he, he's thinking about putting it on Sphere, which I think would give us more, you know, boost the, the signal, get, mm-hmm. get more uh, notice potentially. Well, you can put it on YouTube. That's what I do. I don't... Okay, that's... I don't have a visual element, obviously. Well, recording what, what you would do is you would put up um, your, uh, your logo 
and it would just be a static image. You'll have to send me directions on doing that at some point. No, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's not too complicated. Uh, you would have to get a software that can edit video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we can talk about that later. Okay. I think we've covered everything that I had to um, wanted to ask and talk about with you. Do you have any questions or anything you might want to chat with me? So what other projects are you involved with right now, whether it's Trek-related or not? Um, I have a regular, quote-unquote, 9-to-5 job that I do every day. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't really have much going on. I'm writing – that's not true. That's not true. I am writing a number of scripts for and with Vance Major. Oh, is it a um, Constar stuff, or is it related to your character? Both. Can you tell us anything? He might, Vance might, don't might not want you to. Yeah, I don't know if I can. And I wouldn't want to jinx something and say, this is coming out, and it never happens. Yeah. Yeah, my, my guess is probably not, because uh, I've written some stuff for him, too, and I know he likes to keep a tight leash sometimes. Yeah, I have, I'm, I am a cosplayer, and mm-hmm. um, I'm friends with one of the people on the board of a local... Um, costuming convention and there has not been a costuming convention for a couple of years i'm not going into any of the real behind the scenes stuff on that but the last convention we had my friend uh had suggested that there was a possibility that we could secure one of the star trek actors for the next convention to talk about makeup and costuming and Hmm. all that but she said it's not definite, it's not guaranteed, so it's just a possibility. And then at the closing ceremonies, the guy in charge came out flat and said, this is who we're getting next year. And then it all fell apart, and it didn't happen. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to say this is what is coming up, this is what we're working on, and then yeah. have it not actually materialize. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally get that. Is there anything that you specifically, like, you know, are working on that's not related to Vance's stuff? Um, that's, that's Star Trek fan-related? Besides A Call to Unity? Yes. Uh, not at the moment. Vance got me in touch with someone who said he has some ideas, and I said, well, write it up and let me look at it. And he said, okay, I'll get back to you. I'm waiting on that to come through. Otherwise, hmm. no, I'm not working on that or anything. What if you produced your own audio drama? Uh, if I had a script, I don't know anything about producing audio dramas. Well, and by that I mean um, write the script, you know, get the people to do it for you. I have been suffering from writer's block for a while. Ah. And I keep trying to write and not coming up with much. That's interesting. Well, I know you had sent me some stuff uh, last year, and if you want, I'd be happy to help you out. Right, right. I could give you comments or or ideas or whatever. Right. And I'll do that um, when I get uh, something generated. Okay. Um, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and move on to, and I should mention, preface, ladies and gentlemen, working with um, Adam and the uh, Final Frontier podcast, I have been something of the unofficial trivia master for the last couple of years. <laughs> last year or so, and have submitted a number of trivia questions. He had told me, Adam had told me that at first they were a bit too difficult because there were two behind the scenes. So I should just stick with stuff that's actually on screen. Which I've done, and those who tune into this on a regular basis and caught last episode with Larry Namachek, Dr. Trek, should note that I stumped him with the quiz about doctors in Star Trek. Oh, <laughs> All of which leads us to Stevie's Tough But Not Too Tough Trivia Challenge. <laughs> now, Adam, I have to ask, have you listened to any of the episodes of this podcast yet? I listened to a little bit. You know, I've been busy with moving. And it's been on my to-do list. Because I know when you, when you said, go ahead and give them a, a listen, that's right when I was about to start moving. So I listened to some of it, uh, to a couple of them. But I have yet to go through, so I apologize. So have you listened to an entire episode yet? Not yet. Okay. I listen to bits and parts of them. So you probably don't know the trivia questions that I've been using as standard. No. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, bear in mind, there will be uh, a series of five questions. If you get three of them correct, you will win the chance to impress your friends with your trivial knowledge 
or embarrass your children. <laughs> if you get all five correct, there will be a sixth and final b double or nothing bonus question. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Here we go. And bear in mind that some of it is behind the scenes. <clears throat> okay. And not actually on, but it's just for fun. Question one. Before being cast as Dr. Beverly Crusher on The Next Generation, Gates McFadden was a well-known Hollywood choreographer who worked frequently with Jim Henson and the Muppets. Among her credits is choreography for the 1986 fantasy musical Labyrinth. Have you seen Labyrinth? I have not. Uh, Gates McFadden <laughs> did the choreography for Labyrinth. The question is, which pop culture musical icon, also known as a star man, was the star of Labyrinth? Uh, what's his name? Uh, see, I know. I just... Um... See, I'm not good at tests. Ah, you know, he just passed away. Um, oh, man. Um, how much time do I have? Five. Okay. Four. Let's see here. Three. Uh, David, oh, yeah, David Bowie. David Bowie is correct. <laughs> it's so easy. I'm like, uh, why can't I remember his name? <laughs> Question two. Bernie Casey appeared in the two-part Deep Space Nine episode, The Maquis, as Lieutenant Commander Cal Hudson. Earlier in his career, he'd co-starred in the 1976 science fiction movie, The Man Who Fell to Earth. What pop culture musical icon, also known as Starman, was the star of The Man Who Fell to Earth? Oh, David Bowie? Yes! That's okay. <laughs> okay. Question three. Ethiopian model-turned-actress Iman appeared in the Star Trek VI film, in the film Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered mm -hmm. Country, as the Kamiloid Martia. Behind the scenes, what pop culture musical icon known as the Starman was Iman married to? David Bowie? David Bowie! <laughs> I see a trend. Question five. Iggy Pop appeared in the Deep Space Nine episode The Magnificent Ferengi as the mm -hmm. Vorta Yelgren. Before embarking on an acting career, Iggy was a well-known musician who collaborated on 11 different albums with what pop culture musical icon known as the Starman? David Bowie. That's right. Wow. Question five. Academy Award and Emmy Award winning actor, singer, songwriter, musician Paul Williams appeared in the Voyager episode Virtuoso as the mm -hmm. Komar Karu. Among his many compositions was a song entitled Fill Your Heart. Which pop culture musical icon known as the Starman recorded a version of Fill Your Heart for his 1971 album Hunky Dory? You know, I, I just, I don't know. I'm just going to have to guess uh, David Bowie. David Bowie is absolutely correct. That's five for five. It's amazing. <laughs> Question six for all the marbles. Which pop culture musical icon known as the Starman Never actually appeared in Star Trek himself, but probably should have. David Bowie? Oh, no. The answer we're looking for was Paul Stanley, the star man from Kiss. Uh. No, no, wait, wait. I've got the judges in my ear. They're saying, yes, we'll accept David Bowie. Yay. <laughs> so if you don't know the first answer, then you're basically stumped for all of it. Not necessarily. <laughs> Not necessarily, but it helps. All right. Okay. You know, um, I just want to say I recognize all of those questions because all those questions you you wrote, you typed to me, you submitted uh, to me for my podcast. Yeah, variations, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought they sounded very familiar. If I do get James Colley on, I'll have a special Elvis themed question. Here. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. I want to. Um, behind-the-scenes relatives of, of people who appeared in Star Trek and that kind of stuff. But that might be, like I say, it's behind-the-scenes, and it's... Anyway. Yeah, that, that behind-the-scenes stuff, that's that's too difficult for me. Because I, I know all the all the Trek stuff, you know, like in-universe. I'm a walking encyclopedia, but for all the other stuff, I don't know. Okay, that's a challenge. <laughs> because I wrote up, and like I say, I stumped Larry Nemechek. With questions such as, what was Nancy Crater's husband's first name? Um, oh boy, I don't remember. Mm-hmm, that was Robert. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, like, Gary or something. And who was the doctor that created the genetic replicator that was used to replace Worf's spine when it was damaged by a falling barrel in the episode Ethics? See, I can see her face, but I don't know her name. Right. Toby Russell. So, yeah. Come up some some tough stuff. Yeah. I, I guess that type of stuff... I don't know. So maybe I'm not walking encyclopedia. Oh, you are. <laughs> Just not all, you know, volumes in the set. There we go. Uh, that stuff is, like, really, really specific. Right. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, my guest uh, this evening was the one and only uh, Adam Mullins. I give him thanks for being a guest on the program, as well as for composing our theme song and for helping me to figure out the technical side of putting together a podcast. Again, Adam co-hosts, along with Bill Allen, a podcast on the Trek Zero Network called The Final Frontier, which focuses on fan productions, film and otherwise. Anything else you have to say on that, Adam? Uh, we'll be back uh, probably mid-September or so. And do you have a website or um, Facebook and stuff? Yeah, uh, it's facebook.com slash the final frontier podcast. Promote the heck out of it. <laughs> I also want to do, I do also, are you done? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, no, I'm done. Go ahead. I do also want to give thanks to James Ham, who's talking about putting this on the Trexery Network as well. Hopefully we'll get it done soon. And the Omega Directive is also available on iTunes, as I mentioned. Go there. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe. Give us a positive rating. Leave a positive review. And if you would like to contact me directly with any comments, questions, or concerns, the Omega Director is available on Facebook. And I'm available on Twitter as at, undersc- as at Atwell underscore Steve. Otherwise, thank you all for tuning in. And don't take any wooden quatloos. Adam, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.